Well, good morning, friends. It's Friday. My voice is shot. Um, it's not Friday, but I'm recording this for Friday. Um, apologize for my voice again, um, but I'm going to try to get this done. That gives me like three weeks ahead so that I can rest my voice a little bit. So this is podcast number 521. Grab your Bibles. Grab your notepads. Remember to list the six things we're going to look at today. Um, <clears throat> but let me pray for us. Lord, I ask you to open our eyes, enhance our understanding so that we can grasp what you want us to learn today. I also ask you to enable us by your spirit to apply the truths we need to learn and uh, apply to our daily lives and to be guided moment by moment by your Holy Spirit and by your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Turn to Revelation chapter 1 verse 3, our memory verse, blessed, happy, content, it's ecstatic is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and who keep what is written in it for the time is near. God bless you for being involved in this study, in reading uh, the book of Revelation and hearing it and applying it to your life. We're going to look at the church at Thyatira, which is the largest portion of scripture on the churches. But we'll read this and get through this one today um, and get you to the weekend. Um, verse 18 of chapter 2, And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual morality and to eat food um, that is sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into great tribulation, not the great tribulation, but into great tribulation. And then there will be a great tribulation later. Unless they repent of their her works, um, unless they repent of her works, and I will strike her children dead. Wow! And all the churches will know that I am He, who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast what you. Have until I come the one who conquers and who keeps my word until the end. To him I will give authority over the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron and with earthen clay pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has sat, he, excuse me, who has an ear, let him hear what the church says. Or excuse me, let me read that again. Verse 29. He who has an ear, let him hear what the church says. Or the Spirit says to the churches. Okay. We're looking at Thyatira, which was a huge trade center. It was a, it was a church uh, that, or a city that had uh, great influence. Turn to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verse 14. We're going to talk about one of the women who was from Thyatira. Acts 16, 14. And one who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. So we see that there were people in the church who had impact. 
this church had some things going for it. Um, remember, he says, I know your works, verse 19, your love, your faith, your service and patient endurance. And you put and that your latter works succeed the first. He says, man, there's a lot of good things here. But I know everything about you, so I don't just know the good. I know the bad. So the destination is Thyatira, the, the, the Lord is the judge, the righteous judge. And it talks about his, his eyes and it talks about his feet. He talks about stability and talks about omniscience. He's the sovereign one who sees all things. Look at Revelation chapter 1 and verse 4. Revelation, uh, excuse me, Revelation 1, 14. Revelation 1 and verse 14. It says uh, about Christ, the hairs of his head were white, white like wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. You see the, the judgment, the ability to be the righteous judge here. He has the flame of eyes like the flame of fire, which means he sees everything, and he has feet that have been uh, that have been uh, burnished in a furnace. They're strong and they're they're pure. So his judgment is pure and righteous and holy. Look at Matthew chapter twenty-eight. Matthew twenty-eight and verse eighteen, part of the Great Commission. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, and Jesus came. And said to them, to his disciples, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth. All means all. This is the one who is speaking to the church here. He's speaking to them about the great things he has. And then in verse 20 says, but I have this against you. And then he goes on to talk about Jezebel, this prophetess who's seducing the servants. And then he says in verse 20, but I've given her time to repent. It's not like I came and just judged her. I've given, given her time to repent, but she has refused to repent. God is faith, pay, uh, faithful with us and he's patient with us, but he won't put up with us forever. Why? Because he loves us too much to leave in our sin to leave us in our sinful condition. So we have our destination, which is Thyatira. We have the Lord, who is the righteous judge. We have a commendation. Your works are great, and, and your latter works are better than your first. But then the condemnation, you're following Jezebel's teaching and practices. And I've called her to repentance, and I'm calling you to repentance as well, and to keep away from her sinful activity. There is this... Uh, irony here because Jezebel is this one who promotes this sexual immorality and then in verse 22 says I'm going to throw you onto her sickbed I'm going to throw you into in that sickbed where she committed adultery and I will uh, bring her into great tribulation and this unless uh, they repent I've called her to repentance she refuses I'm calling those to repentance in your church who have fallen into her sickbed of immorality and adultery the irony of that, the place where the sin took place, and I'm going to throw you onto that same sickbed of idolatry, and I'm going to bring judgment. Verse 23, and I will strike her children dead, not literal children, but the followers. I will strike them dead. 
if they don't repent. Look at Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. Right after the 28 chapters of the book of Acts is Romans chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 4 and 5. It says, Or do you presume on the riches of God's kindness, Christ's kindness, and forbearance and patience? Do you presume on that? Do you just think God's always going to be kind and also he's also going to be patient and forbearing with us, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance? Why is God kind to us? Why is God patient with us? Because he wants us to repent. Remember, repentance is not just a change of mind. It's a change of heart and it's a change of direction. Verse 5. But because of your hard and impenitent heart, your, your uh, lack of repentance... You are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's judgment will be revealed. Every single time we refuse to respond to the Holy Spirit's wooing to us, we're storing up wrath. We want that to be removed. How do we do that? Look at 1 John chapter 1. 1 John, right after 1 and 2 Peter, 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All of it. All of it. All of it. Say to yourself, all of it. I want it all gone. The only way for it to be all gone is to repent of it all. Not to hold on. Not to hold on to anything. But to lay it at the feet of Christ and to say, I don't want any of this. I don't want to store up wrath for myself. I want it all to be gone because I want a relationship with you based on purity and righteousness. And the only way I can do that is to have that in you. And he talks about the rest of the church. He says, I'm going to strike her children dead. I'm going to do that work in her. But to the rest of you, verse 24 of chapter 2, but to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold her teachings who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan. To you, I say, I do not lay any other burden on you. I do not lay any other burden on you. You're not guilty by association, but hold fast, stay strong, stay away from your teaching. Verse 25, only hold fast you, uh, of what you have until I come. Verse 26, the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, uh, to him I will give authority over the nations. There's coming a time when those of us who have conquered will rule and reign with Christ. Because we've overcome. And how do we overcome? We've overcome because he first overcame. It's not in our own strength. It's not in our own ability. ability. It's not in our own talents. It's when we repent and ask him to for forgive us and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And then there's this guarantee of a time when one day we will rule and reign with Christ. Verse 28. And for that person that overcomes, to those who overcome, I will give him the morning star. Jesus Christ is the morning star. So we'll have this, this relationship, this intimacy. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, we're going to see him as he is. We're going to see the beauty and the splendor and the majesty. And we're going to say to ourselves, it's been worth it all. Verse 29, he who has an ear, let him hear what the church or the spirit says to the churches. Uh, again, that is um, uh, uh the application is there that we hear and then we obey. We hear and then we obey. Look at uh, Revelation 20. Revelation chapter 20, verse 1. 
talking about the millennial reign of Christ. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan. And and behold, uh, he was bound, bound him for a thousand years and threw him into a pit and shut it and sealed it over so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus. They came through the um, tribulation, gave their lives for the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the, the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or hands, remember that's only going to come during the tribulation. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Notice that there's a separation of the two groups there. There's some that are sitting on authority, also the th- uh, 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 to judge. And then there's also those who came back to life after giving their life in the tribulation. That's, that's an important difference. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. That's what's ahead for those who overcome, whether overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony, by overcoming before the great tribulation or coming through the great tribulation, those are overcomers. Now, uh, Revelation 22 and verse 16, one last scripture and we'll close for the weekend or for the week, excuse me, and then you can go enjoy your weekend. Revelation 22, 16, I Jesus has sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David. I am the bright and the morning star. So he tells us who the morning star is. His name is Jesus Christ. And because of he being able to overcome this world and to live the sinless life, now the Bible says in in First Corinthians or, or in Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians five twenty one, um, he is our righteousness, and his righteousness becomes our righteousness. Um, I I love him so much. And, and, and I want us to understand that he's done so much for us. But the only way that we can apply that to our lives is to ask him to come into our lives, to forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and then we submit to him and we become his children. We are all created by God, but we are not all the children of God. Nicodemus, who had a resume to beat most resumes, when he came to Christ at night because he didn't want to lose his position, with the Pharisees, Jesus said to him, you, Nicodemus, must be born again. We can't come to him with our resume. We can't come to him with our abilities. We can't come to him with our talents. We can't come to him on our own merits. We must come and we must be born again. Surrender it all today, church, because it's so worth it. Surrender it all to him and hold nothing back because there's coming a day when we will rule and reign with him if we overcome. Let me close. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. God bless you. Now I'm going to go rest my voice. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.